Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. The beginning of Parshish Mitzayra tells us that when a Mitzayra, a person afflicted with Saras, is finally healed, and interestingly the Torah does not tell us any medicines, any procedures which will hasten his healing, but when he is healed, so then a Koyan will command that the following items will be taken and will be used in the procedure for purifying the Mitzayra. The first item is two Sipurim Chayois Tohirois, two birds that are alive and that are Tohor, meaning they are kosher birds. An Eitz Erez is a stick from a cedar tree. Shni Tolas is a piece of wool which is colored a bright red color. This color is manufactured uh, by using some certain type of a tolas, of a worm, or perhaps from a berry in which the worm lives. And the last item is azov, a piece or some pieces of hyssop grass, a very a small grass commonly found all over Eretz Yisrael. As we discussed in last week's shiur, Rashi, uncharacteristically, gives the reason why the Mitzayra has to have birds involved in his purification process. Let us return to this Rashi and see a little more of it. Rashi says, Because Negoim, because the, the, uh, the affliction of Saras comes upon a person, because that person has spoken Lashen Hara, he has spoken badly about another person. He has spoken slanderously. Which is an act of chattering words. Because Rashi here is revealing to us that one of the reasons why people speak Lashen Hara is quite simply because they talk too much. And, and they talk too much and they talk without the necessary care and therefore they tend to just babble on and eventually say something negative about someone. So that's why uh, Saras afflicts a person as a punishment for that sin. Lefichach, therefore, Therefore it is required for his purification to use birds. As we'll see soon in the Parsha, one bird is slaughtered and its blood is uh, caught in a clee full of water, one bird is sent away. Rashi adds on a few words here. What are what is the special quality of birds? Shemifatvitvin tamid, they are mifatfet, they shatter constantly, similar to what Rashi said before, the Lushan Hara is an act of pitpute dvorim, of chattering words. But here Rashi adds on two more words. Bitsifsuf kol, with a chattering, with a chirping of the voice. Now why does Rashi add on these two words, bitsifsuf kol, with a chirping of the voice? One of the principles that will help us understand many different comments by Rashi 
is that when Rashi is uh, encounters a word in the Torah which is somewhat difficult or unusual, Rashi uses the entire Tanakh as his dictionary. He looks around the entire 24 books of the Tanakh to see if he can find the same word or a very similar word, and he looks at the context to try to see what that word means, and he uses that as his dictionary. Now, that's what Rashi does. We, as students of Rashi, we can do the same thing to Rashi himself. When we see a word in Rashi that is a little bit uh, unclear to us, so we can look all around Tanakh and see where that word is used and see how Rashi himself explains it in that place, and then we can come to better understand Rashi's use of the word. So here Rashi's added word, so to speak, is tzifsuf, that the birds, not only are they mifatfet, not only do they chatter, but they also chatter in a way that's called sifsuf, they chirp. Now, where do we find this word in Tanakh? It is in a Pusik in Yeshaya, chapter Chavtes, Pusik Dalit. The Pusik there, in that Pusik, Yeshaya Anovi, as he often does, is predicting that if the Jews do not shape up and begin to behave better, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will destroy the Beis HaMikdash. Specifically in this Parsha, he talks about Ariel, which is a nickname for the Mizbeach. And he predicts that, uh, unfortunately, the Mizbeach and the whole base of Mikdash around it are going to be destroyed. And he then describes the condition of Bnei Yisrael, how it will be at that time of destruction. Pasuk Dalit says, V'shafalt me'eretz tidaberi, you shall be humble, v'shafalt, me'eretz tidaberi, you will speak as if you are down in the ground, Rashi explains that it will appear as if your speech is coming from underneath the ground. That's how softly you will be speaking. From the dust, your speech will be lowered. It will appear that your speech is coming from a place even lower than the dust. Your voice will come forth from the ground like that of an oiv. An oiv is a necromancer, a person who uh, attempts to communicate with the dead. Apparently they would uh, lie close to the ground, perhaps close to the grave, and attempt to communicate with the dead. And here's that word, and from the dust, your speech will chirp. Rashi says here, what is sifsuf? He says, hu l'shoin kol lachash. This is a, an expression of a whispering voice, like the voice of very small birds. So we can say that when that Rashi's words, that birds are mefatvet, that refers to their constant chatter. But in what manner, what timbre of voice do they have? They have a tzifsuf kol, they have a very uh, soft, whispering quality to their voice. That's what it means, that the birds speak with a chirping of the voice, with a very low, almost whispering-like voice. Now, why is Rashi adding this? So I think that perhaps he is explaining that birds, 
are the appropriate uh, means, the appropriate tool by which a Mitzayra can purify himself? For two reasons. One reason is because this person who spoke Lashon Hara was a chatterer. He simply spoke too much, the way birds speak too much. They are mifatvet. But also his manner of speaking was similar to the birds. The birds speak, as Rashi said, with a whispering voice. And it is known from the Torah, it is known from, from our own experience, that people who speak Lashon Hara often speak very quietly and secretly. As it says in the Pasuk in Dvorim, Arur makere ehu baseser, cursed is the one who strikes his friend, baseser, in secret. And Chazal and Rashi explained that what is this referring to? Aloshin hara hu aimer. It is referring to someone who speaks Lashin hara. The speaker of Lashin hara, although he's a, he's a blabbermouth, he talks too much, but when he speaks, he speaks quietly because he doesn't want other people to hear and to, to stop him. He wants to get his meshes across to his intended audience. And therefore he speaks in a very low, almost whispering-like voice. He speaks beseser. He speaks in an almost secret way. And therefore Rashi is telling us, I believe, that the birds are the appropriate uh, kapora. They are the appropriate means for the Mitzorah to achieve atonement and to purify himself, because not only do birds chatter and talk too much, just like he, this person does, but they also speak in a whispering voice, just like he most likely did. Let us now continue to the next part of this Pasuk and Rashi's comments on it. The Pasuk continues and tells us the second item that the Mitzorah must bring for his purification is an eitz erez, is a stick from a cedar tree, and then he must also bring shni telas, he must bring a piece of wool covered, colored in that bright uh, crimson color, called shni telas, and he must bring an ezoiv, some hyssop grass. Now here also, Rashi uncharacteristically, gives us the reasons why these items uh, must be brought for the uh, Mitzorah's purification process. Perhaps we could say that although Rashi does not usually explain the Tameh HaMitzvahs, the reasons for the Mitzvahs, as was discussed at length in last week's podcast, but here perhaps it's a little bit different, because here there seems to be a contradiction in these items. On the one hand, the Mitzorah must bring an Eitz Erez, Cedar is a very tall tree, generally speaking in Tanakh. That is the prime example of a tall of a tall tree. So he must bring a piece of this very small of very tall tree. On the other hand, he has to bring Shni Telas, which is produced from a worm, which is a very small, low creature, and he must bring some Azov grass, which is also a very small, low plant. So it could be Rashi was bothered by this contradiction, and now we'll see how Rashi answers that contradiction. Rashi says, why does the Mitzorah have to use Eitz Erez, a stick from a cedar tree, in his purification? Because the 
plague of Saras comes because of Gasu Saruach, because of a haughty spirit, because a person thought that he was greater than others. Nefarshim explain, this is not a contradiction to what Rashi said before, that Saras comes because of Lashon Hara, but rather <coughs> Rashi is telling us a little bit of a deeper explanation why people come to this sin of speaking Lashon Hara. Why do people speak badly of others? And the reason is, when a person is haughty, when a person thinks that he's great and others are not so important, so then he allows himself to speak negatively about others because he thinks, well, it's no problem if I say the others are a bunch of bums and the others are all faulty characters. I'm great. Nobody could possibly say anything about me. So the Mitzorah has to bring an eitz erez, a stick from a cedar tree, because his affliction was caused because of his haughtiness. And now we continue. Ushni Las ve'ezayv. He brings also the the shni toilas, the piece of wool, and he brings the ezayv, the hyssop grass. Says Rashi, Ma takana yisrape. What is the takana? What is the rectification by which the metzayro will be misrape? by which he will be cured from his bad character trait of being haughty and thereby speaking negatively about others. Yashbil He must lower himself from his pride like a worm and like a piece of hyssop grass. Now, very good Musar. However, the Mepharshim raised the following question on Rashi. And really, it's a question on the Pasuk. He has to bring an eitz erez, a stick from a cedar tree, because that symbolizes his haughtiness. He has to bring something else, which will symbolize his hashpola, how he must lower himself from his excessive pride. Why does he have to bring two things? Why does he have to bring a shni teilas and an ezoiv? And the Mepharshim asks, if the point is that he must lower himself completely, so of these two items, Shni Teilas and Ezoiv, which one would seem to be the lowest of all? Would seem to be the worm. The worm crawls literally on the ground and has almost no height whatsoever. The Ezoiv is not a tall tree, but it has a certain height of uh, several inches. So if the point is that he must uh, completely lower himself, he should just have to bring Shni Teilas. Why does he also have to bring Ezoiv? So, one of the greatest super-commentaries on Rashi is the Gur Aryeh, written by the great Maharal Prague. It is not for me to explain what makes it what makes the Maharal's commentary on Rashi so great, but one aspect I will say is that in analyzing Rashi, there is a technical aspect and there is what I call a content aspect. The technical aspect is to understand what did Rashi see in the Pusik that wakened him to make a comment, because we know Rashi himself says many times that he is only coming to explain the Pshuta Shal Mikra. 
And because of that, as we have explained before, there are many things that, many important ideas that one could say about a Pusik and that have been said about a Pusik, even prior to Rashi, in Gemara, Midrashim, etc., that Rashi does not say, because he feels they are not the Pshutei Shal Mikra, they are not the simple meaning of the Pusik. Whatever Rashi says, it has to be because he felt there's something in the Pusik that's forcing him to say it. And that aspect of analyzing a Rashi, I like to call the technical aspect, to, to ask the question, what is bothering Rashi? And to see exactly what in the Pusik caused him to elaborate. There is also the content level. That means putting aside exactly why Rashi says something, but we have to understand the content of what he's saying. We have to stand, understand the profound philosophical, religious, moral content of what he's saying. Now, there are very few, if any, super commentaries on Rashi which explore both aspects as thoroughly as that, uh, like the way that the Gurarya does. So that is one aspect of the greatness of the Sefer. Now here the Maral raises the question. I'll read a few words. If you will ask the following question. Why does Rashi mention two different things? The Ezoiv and the Hisop and the Shni Telas, that he must lower himself like these two things. Yazkir HaShafel Yoser. Rashi should only mention the one that is lower. If the point is that he has to lower himself, so Rashi should say he has to lower himself all the way like the Shni Telas. The Yesh the Taretz, we can answer as follows, says the Maral. Devadai mitchila Yesh the Hashbil Ketelas. Of course, at first, when this person finds himself in this predicament, that because of his excessive pride, he has spoken negatively about someone else and he has become a Mitzayra, the first thing he must do is lower himself absolutely, like a telas, like a worm. That is very low. He must distance himself from this Avera, that he originally had sinned with his pride. If he does not separate himself all the way to the other end of the spectrum, to grasp the mida of shiflos, of humility, very, very much, if he does not do that, he will not leave his sin. He will not be successful in abandoning that sin. He will return eventually to his excessive pride. Therefore, at first he must lower himself and humiliate himself like a toilas. Until he successfully distances himself from his sin, and his heart will no longer be haughty. And then afterwards, later he can lift himself up a little bit. He can be like an Ezev, like a hyssop grass. Not quite as lowly as the worm. Certainly not a great tall cedar tree, but he can have a little bit of self-respect. 
He does not need to lower himself like the Tolas. He says, therefore, the Pasuk puts Shni HaTolas first, and then the Ezoiv. He says, Ki Ashiflus Ein Roy. Excessive humility, excessive lowliness is not proper. A person can't live like that. Every good character trait in the world has a mitzua. It has a middle ground, which is really the proper target. The two extremes are not good. Extreme pride is not good, and very extreme humility, says the Maharal, is also not good. And he says, this is similar to what the Rambam writes, in his introduction to Masechta Ovais, that someone who sinned begava, someone who sinned with the the midah of excessive pride, so he should be misaken drachav when he comes to rectify his ways. Sorach lechoyz bekatze. At the beginning, he has to go all the way to the other extreme. Lahashbil atzma yosermidai to lower himself more than what would seem to be enough. Until this, until this very unseemly characteristic has been removed from him, and afterwards he will stand at the characteristic that's, characteristic that's called anava, a proper humility. He says humility is also shiflus. It is also a form of holding oneself low. But not so much. Says the Maral. This is how we can explain the Rashi. So Rashi is not only teaching us that a person who is excessively prideful has to lower himself, but he's also teaching us the additional lesson that one cannot spend one's life wallowing in the dirt, one must eventually lift oneself up to a mitzua, to an average medium between excessive pride and excessive humility. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.